You uppity little ghost Don't you even know you're dead We police the pack Your future's in your head We've hollowed out our Bible To hide our golden guns Welcome to the Marinade with Jason Earl. Thank you so much for tuning in. We have a special two-for-one episode with two of my favorite songwriters of all time. This is an absolute dream come true. I'm so honored to have Corey Brannon and John Snodgrass on the show. It's so exciting to get to reach out and ask for people who you've been listening to for many years to come on the show and share a little bit of their creative process, and they certainly did in this episode. It's also one of our sillier episodes. In fact, it's easily the silliest episode to date. You've come to expect for us to dive deep into the creative process. You've come to expect for thoughtfulness and seriousness, but this is really something different and something special. Um, we start off just talking about some really funny moments from shows where I've seen them in the past, and um, they're such good sports about it. I, we went in, Corey and I went in pretty hard on John for some of his habits, and it was really fun. Um, so grateful for their thoughtfulness and their willingness to be silly and just uh, their openness in the whole process. We caught up at uh, Little Indies in Orlando, Florida. I've recorded a couple of episodes there, and usually I do it inside, and so there's like the clinking of glasses in the background and Sometimes you hear people having conversations. But this night, it was a Sunday night, and they were playing Will's Pub next door. And we caught up before the show. Unfortunately, there was a lot of stuff going on. I say unfortunately for us, certainly fortunately for the, for the business, that there was a lot going on. And so we, we kind of had to find a quiet place. So we went out back behind Lil Indies. There's a little kind of alley out there where you can sit and smoke cigarettes and have a have a drink and um so it kind of worked out nicely there was a Corey refers to it at the beginning of the show there's kind of this cozy atmosphere it's kind of a beautiful scene and the night was perfect and felt good out and so it was a different setting for a recording and I think it turned out beautifully. So grateful for these guys. Corey is best known for his solo work. His new record, Adios, is absolutely outstanding. You're hearing Another Nightmare in America, uh, one of my favorite songs of the year, perhaps my favorite song of the year, 2017. That's Corey's uh, song off his record, Adios, which is excellent. You can go get it now at CoreyBrandon.com. He's on Bloodshot Records, so you can go to the Bloodshot Records website and get it there, or it's available on all your major music outlets. Also, John's stuff is fantastic. Uh, he has done work with a band called Armchair Martian and another called Drag the River, which is probably the band for which he's best known. Um, he has a, a project called Scorpios, and he has his solo stuff and has a, a new solo release available, and you're going to hear a track from that at the end. And then also you can find all of his stuff at johnsnodgrass.com. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Corey Brandon and John Snodgrass on the Marinade with Jason Earl. Cheers, y'all. Check, check. Yeah. Edler's is always a guest on my show. Check, check.
actually who's yep. playing. This is like a good shot to film the thing. Backdrop. <laughs> <laughs> Let me Facebook Live this thing. <laughs> we are going to start with social media, though. Um, especially because you guys were just, you just mentioned, like, you know, starting the night off at whatever point. So I was scrolling through my Instagram, and uh, my girlfriend and I were looking at, like, what our lives were like before we met, you know, and, like, and then, like, my early social media game and how weak it was. And one of my very first pictures, look at this. Where is this thing? It's so bad. There's three of them, actually. So here's you, John. This is me? That's you at Underbelly in Jacksonville. You remember oh, Underbelly? Oh, that was a good show. Oh, uh, yeah. This, <laughs> we were just talking about this. This is the show where I uh, set up that whole drum. Are we recording? Yeah. You good. mean this? Yeah. <laughs> I set up the whole drum set. <laughs> and then I, that's the shot, man. Yeah. And I sat down and I did one hit. Cause yeah. Because the, the sticks were candles. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Like literally candles. So here's how that, I don't even remember this. Here's how that night started off. I, <laughs> this is my first, this is before I was just, I had like a little blog at the time. I didn't have a podcast. I wasn't writing for anybody. I was just there as a fan. And, um, I walked up and, uh, I walked up and Corey, you were sitting behind the merch table and John, you were sitting there with him. And, uh, I introduced myself and whatever and told you guys I was excited for the show. And then I said, can I buy you guys a drink? And you or you're like, yeah, I'd like, and you, you spouted off like 14 ingredients. You're like, I want, I'd like a, a vodka, <laughs> double tall with a shot, a little bit of bitters and some cranberry juice. And could you like swirl it with your finger and then strain it and then put it on the rocks and then put it in a coffee cup or whatever it was, and I fucking I'm an it. asshole. I brought the let whole me, thing Let me out. handle this one. We were just having tacos down the street just a minute ago, and I told him it summed up how he did it. The girl, girl came by, the waitress, and he's like, could I get uh, a cup of ice? And she starts walking off, he's like, with some water in it? I'm like, you mean ice water, John? I'm like, he's, I tell him he's the kind of guy that doesn't put all the items in the email. He just sends one thing as he thinks about it. Dude, your emails are like indecipherable. They are like they're impossible. Like I'm, I don't even have it in front of me. But the one you sent me was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, seven o'clock, eight o'clock, nine o'clock, rock. Uh, <laughs> thanks. Uh, see you later, alligator. It's like you're like emailing with the fawns. Oh my god! What the fuck? My, my stomach hurts. I don't even know. I got stomach comedy. Yeah. But so then I saw that picture on yours last night of him with the drum kit again. It was from Tampa, I guess. Oh, yeah. If there's a drum set, I'm on it. <laughs> How's the Florida It's better been? if people take pictures of me playing drums. Oh, man. Because that, lo that looks like it sounds pretty cool. Yeah, it does look cool. Yeah, you just sat there with just with this fucking shitty grin on your face that time at, in Jacksonville. And I think that was when I bled on the... You did. It's like spurting blood on the screen. It was like all ages show or something, and the girl was like just laughing as blood was spurting out of my finger onto her. And I'm like, I'm like, you don't... Know that I'm clean. I'm clean, <laughs> but just for future reference in life, this is musician blood spurting off a stage. You just want to step, take a step back. I feel somewhat responsible because I did buy those first couple of drinks, and then I think I brought y'all around to shots. But we I, are responsible for our own actions, so don't don't take answer. any of it on you. Oh, thank you so much. I feel better now. I haven't slept since that night. Um, that that night was fun though. That night was a, a really good time. I asked you to play. You said you want to hear anything, and I was like, "Yeah, I want to hear a girl named Go." And you go, "I probably won't play that." 
And then I was like, I want to hear, I want to hear Muhammad Ali. Yeah, I, I don't think you're the dick. You I go, think it's me. You go, yeah, I'm not let you off hook. <laughs> you go, yeah, I'm probably not gonna play that one either. And I asked like for four songs, and then by the time you got drunk, you played every damn song I asked for. Yeah, I'm terminally full of shit. <laughs> um, well, I was gonna ask you guys about separate different separate things, but they intersect quite a bit. So, um, first of all, Adios is fucking wonderful. Thank you. And I wanted to ask you about. I like we briefly talked at Rain Dogs, I don't know, a year and a half ago, something like that, about um, another nightmare in America. And you had like you, it wasn't always together. It, like I wasn't fully recorded yet. But um, I just wanted to ask you about your headspace when you were writing that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it wasn't wasn't pleasant. Uh, yeah, it just you know, people think because it came out this year that it was about the new regime change and things like that. I'm like, no, this is unfortunately a an evergreen problem in the country. You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When you're gonna write about uh, police brutality um, to unarmed black teenagers, uh, really, it's the last thing that the black civil rights movement needs is you know, some cracker with an acoustic guitar championing mm. problems. Um, so finding the way to write about it, mm. you know. Uh, so, yeah, I go in and, you know, I write it from the point of view of the racist cop to where it's more terrifying. Mm -hmm. And then I start realizing as I'm doing that that you can't really put poetry in the mouth of a bigot. Mm -hmm. I, they become unbelievable as a character. <laughs> Uh, and so then I had to stretch him out to sort of be the whole, you know, just my list of grievances with the whole, oh, we had a black president raising some dead, mm -hmm. that crew, um, with, with the, you know, evangelical rights selling everything they believe down the, down the, uh, tubes for, uh, to hang on to the guns. They're coming for our guns. <laughs> uh, that's your golden calf. You know, and and this, I just I don't know. It's just a, it's just a list of things that keep. Uh, I'll be happy when the song is n uh, not pertinent. Yeah, I, I mean, I love that thought, but you know, one of the things that I've been thinking about a lot, and this, you know, I'm sure that this comes up when each of you write. It's just sort of like, you know, you said the last thing the civil rights movement needs is a, another cracker with a guitar, but at the same time, I, I am I'm obviously exaggerating. That I know, but yeah, but I yeah, know. but you know what and I mean. We, like, we all need to fight, right? That's <laughs> what I'm saying. Is that like you? They we all need that, right? And so like that responsibility isn't going away anytime mm. soon, and you have to use whatever gifts you have, you know, in order to to get that across. Because there probably is some, maybe not some racist asshole, but somebody who isn't necessarily fully aware, right? That is that needs to hear that song to get their head around. But and there's also for me being from Mississippi and and and, and or you know Memphis now and um, I feel that there's a you know a sort of a the burden that we have is the same you know the, uh, when you go through I'm going to jump the shark a little bit but when you go through Germany the first time I toured and mm -hmm. you see all of these you know Nazi punks fuck off you know. That sort of thing where the where the punk community is like vigilant about it. Yeah, it's like I think that as an artist from the South, you have to address race mm -hmm. in this country um, because like people are going to assume. Yeah, we have such a bad crew in charge right now. Like that's that's how we're acting. I mean, like those guys, the the Germans that I know. I mean, they're really 
kind of embarrassed about their history. You know, yeah. I mean, so they want to make sure stuff like that doesn't happen again. Yeah. So they police themselves. I feel like we're all policing ourselves too. Yeah. You know, like when the Paris Climate Accord thing happened, like everyone's like, "Fuck you, we're gonna we're gonna figure it out anyways." Yeah. You know? Like people are just doing it themselves and not relying on, you know, who's in charge. That sounds almost optimistic, though. Yeah, let's yeah. be optimistic. Yeah. Let's yeah. be a glass half full, spilling over. Yeah. But no, I mean, with that specific with the Paris thing, well, that, that's a tan side tangent, but I mean, you shouldn't have to let the private sector take over for the government's, you know. I, I agree. Pay, we already pay the taxes, you know, for them to. <laughs> yeah, but know. but it's nice that the human nature is, is maybe going in a positive direction. That's what, what I'm saying. We're, yeah, obviously a better country than what's going on. I mean, the majority, you know, there are more of them than us if you want to do a them and us, you know, mm-hmm. just but we're just, you know, jaded and we don't vote. Yeah, but if some of that them and us too, like to that point, because I, I feel like there's a there is a lot of them and us, and like a lot of things. And that's that, unnecessary. I right. Mean, it, it, right. It, it, yeah, it's not as, and that's what again why I you know make it a point to. Uh, I don't do politics, you know, and I never have like in any of the stuff. But to me, this that specific. I mean, police brutality. That's not politics. That's right. You know, that's civil rights. That's yeah. rights. Um, but this whole new shit show is not politics. This is not right and left. This is not fiscal conservative versus, you know, yeah. social libertarianism. This is, you know, an assault on truth and, and, and erodes. It's a it's, it's step-by-step playbook eroding a democracy with totalitarian, you know, yeah. uh, playbook. You know, right. it's like that's, that's not politics. Right. There's yeah. a line. And yep. like that line That's is at like white cops just shooting black, unarmed black people. Well, look at you know, what like with those last elections, you, know? Yeah, <laughs> you know, what happened with the last elections? Like people are waking up and yeah. trying to pay attention to what's going on. I just wish yeah. we could wake up without a bomb dropping on the house to wake us up. You know, I agree. But much like uh, my friend's sister, her car, she ran it out of oil. Mm-hmm. Right. This is a. Uh, an, an analogy I make for our Earth often, like she ran it out of oil, ruined the car. Dad got her a new car. I'm speaking about the Earth now. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't have another Earth when we fuck it up. You yeah. know, like I, hopefully, unfortunately, that's how people are. They have to just ruin something before they realize that's how you're supposed to take care of something. So right. we need. To, hopefully, people are scared about ruining things right now. Yeah. You know, I kind of felt like that would be the thing that brings everyone together. When I was little, I was like, oh, everyone in the world will, will unite whenever Martians come after us. Mm-hmm. But hopefully maybe this, this thing with our Earth will be the thing that uh, unites everyone. That's, I, you know, I, there's got to yeah. be something, and that's that's the common thing that is equally touching everyone. Yeah. Right? Yes. Too late before, I mean, just how a human... I know, just like Jeannie's car. <laughs> 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 all right. Let's talk about music. What do you mean, all right? That's a good analogy. Well, Except for, except for what? Well, somebody bought. Wait, I, we'll talk about the the holes in the analogy later. What's the hole in that analogy? Yeah. Uh, I, let's break it down now. Why we got time? Right <laughs> break down Jeannie's <laughs> car analogy. Yeah. Um, I'm saying she learned her lesson. Now she changes her oil all the time. But she, but she, she had she to ruin. She had to ruin a car to do it. What I'm saying is we're ruining the earth right now. You know other earth. And that's where, how we're learning. And like, so we got to figure out some way to like not ruin the car. There's no, but there's no going back with the oil. There's only one car. No shit. That's why there's the, uh, the analogy. No, Jeannie's got a new car. Jeannie's cruising around right now. Right. 
So that's like so us moving to, to Mars. Mars. We don't want to move to yeah. Mars. <laughs> oh, moving. Yeah. I mean, there's, as far as climate change. We got nine more cars. Is this that's what it, where I'm going we have it. no other cars. I know, no It's shit. all Pintos up in space. Mm-hmm. They're all busted and they're up on blocks. I don't know, one might be awesome though. <laughs> is this we're not even, what your creative we're not process even drunk. looks like together? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, cause I know you've collaborated quite a bit. Is this what it looks like? Yeah, it's sort of like this. It's kind of messy. <laughs> oh, it's fine, it's cool. It's is this weird? No, it, I think it's healthy, I think. Corey's it's skeptical, we're working he's on looking at you skeptically. I love this dude. <laughs> we love each other. <laughs> that's apparent. Uh, how how is that different though? I mean, when you're writing for yourself, or like, I mean, you've got like 14 projects, right? You've got like, you know, three different bands and your own stuff, and then you work with him sometimes. You work with other people. How much different is that creative process, or do you approach it pretty similarly? I like recording and making music with other people and letting them kind of drive the car and just trying to, you know, help them along. I like to do that a lot. As long as somebody's putting oil in it. Yeah, just got to keep the oil in that car. Genie out of that car. Keep Genie out of the car. Dude, it's a good analogy. <laughs> Maybe I didn't explain it well. I got I'll tell it. You later. Yeah, you got if it. If Genie yeah. died in a fiery crash because she didn't put the oil in the car, that would be a good analogy. Sorry, Genie. There's no coming back. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, but the car dies slowly, I think, is John's point, is that, you know, you, it, she's doing damage to the car. You know, throughout the time that she, she learned, hasn't her, she changed, learned her lesson. The lucky thing lesson. for her is that, like, she can get another one now. We can't get another one. Yeah, so Th- that's, that's why the analogy doesn't work. That's what I'm saying. Because there's no parallel. We can't get another one. We've thrown the rods. Right. That's why I'm saying, like, we're fucked. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. We only have one car. It's fucked up. Fucked up car. It sounds like you're both right. <laughs> I guess we're just gonna Uber to the show. We're gonna, oh yeah, we're just gonna Uber. Now. <laughs> Uber. Oh, that's cool. Thank God for Uber. <laughs> I'm more of a Lyft man though. <laughs> we're gonna circle back to social justice if we keep talking about Uber, man. Yeah, right. <laughs> talk about anything. Yeah, well, yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah. All right. So, um, what about Lyft. you, Corey? With that, pro- with that process, <laughs> creative process. Um, yeah, I don't write with folks very much, but I do like to collaborate. I like to have my buddies sing on stuff, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, specifically in the studio, though. Yeah, I like to get like the best musicians in the world and don't let them prepare. Mm-hmm. You know. I'll throw them some demos a little bit ahead, like a week ahead, you know. Yeah. But a lot of it's done on the floor in real time, and and uh, you know, I I try to uh, arrange a song and give it to them in my ideal form, and then I listen to them, and when it's better, which it is often, yeah. I'm like, here we go, we're going this way, we're going this direction. So I like to play it fast and loose. But when, uh, as far as having, you know, John sang on my record, and uh, when I get buddies on records, I've been doing this long enough to have just rad friends yeah. in it and so but i don't just go i'm gonna get my rad friend on a song or a song or two i have to sort of when i'm writing i have to hear it you know mm-hmm. and i know john and i've been touring so much over the years that i know how our voices sound together and so uh you know i mean i'd like to have him on every song but i like i also like to give him a spot where it's going to be like yeah give him a spot to shine you know like when we first did the corner uh, mm-hmm. Not on the the one we were mucking around the house, but when we did the mix for the record on the on mud, he's like, "Man, you got my vocals up too high." I'm like, mm-hmm. "No, you are not a background vocalist. Uh-huh. You know, I want to sing with you. I, I want to hear our voices, hear how they mix. You know, yeah. I like I like my friends singing with me. For yeah. what it's worth, that's my second favorite Corey Brandon song behind Now Another Nightmare in America. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you. John, yeah. John. <laughs> 
It's because I sing real good on it. <laughs> <laughs> That's great, yo. Um, the uh, each of you, what are you consuming right now? And and like outside of music, well, eh, we could do music too, but outside of music, books, uh, okay, yeah, food, whatever. I'm watching the new Curb Your Enthusiasm season. Uh huh. Fatwa. And <laughs> is Curb Your Enthusiasm something that inspires you to? Create? No. <laughs> uh, kinda, actually. I, I've been saying something. Yeah, when I watch that show, I like, I kind of become that guy, and it's terrible. Um, yeah. You kind of become the Larry David character. I do. Mm. I don't mean to. It comes out though a little mm -hmm. bit. I'm not getting. I'm not getting Larry David from you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. We'll just get off that. It's yeah. fine. We get it. We both have bits where we go back and forth as Larry David to Larry David. Yeah, it's two, it's two Larry Davids. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, what about you, Corey? Are you doing Larry Davids right now? Uh, no, no, yeah. Oh, this okay. is our Larry Davids. What? They're not good. Yeah, no, <laughs> spot on, guys. <laughs> Mississippi Larry Ooh, David. Just too lazy show, to even be upset about shit. I don't know why, don't know why you brought your guitars. <laughs> um, yeah, right. We don't even need guitars tonight. Um, yeah, I don't. You know, John and I both have kids, so whatever. Uh, I get in is usually when I'm on the road as far as the only time I have to have get to have a thought longer than 10 minutes in a yeah. row. Um, this trip, I mean, I, John and I are doing these shows together, so we're just hanging out. But before this, I, you know, it's all audio books. So um, I think uh, this one I finished something that was uh, uh, jazz standards where the guy's breaking down uh, each sort of major American jazz song and, and, and sort of the quintessential uh, versions of it so I've been listening to that and then going and digging out some of these tracks that he's talking about and uh, you know been doing that been doing uh, I did last tour was all of Beethoven symphonies a college 48 hour college lecture on all of Beethoven symphonies oh. I love that stuff man yeah man those great courses they're good yeah <laughs> no that, do dude, that dude doesn't rock <laughs> <laughs> you like his early stuff I like ACDC <laughs> Well, they're, they're similar. It's early stuff. I'm kidding. <laughs> but, uh, no, yeah, that, and, you know, like, sort of, like, I like the, uh, a lot of the, you know, Malcolm Gladwell type stuff where, it, or, or the books where they're basically just repurposing, like, stuff you already know, but they'll take disparate, even you know, like, anecdotal things, and they put it all in one. Yeah. They do my thinking for me, and they put it right yeah. there, and then I can think about that. <laughs> but they make the initial connections, uh, the one... The one that I just got through with was fun. It was called Hitmakers, uh, The Science of Popularity in an Age of Distraction, which was a very interesting book. Uh, the one that I thought was most interesting is they did the scientific study on um, how long you can startle a mouse. It's kind of cruel, but uh, how long you can startle a mouse with a noise before he habituates. And then how long you, have, you can do that noise and repeat it before you have to introduce the second noise. And how the pattern, the optimal pattern between the noises, how long you can switch them back and forth in what pattern before you have to introduce a third. So they're trying to find out the pattern with the least amount of noise, least amount of different noises, and how long you can do it. And they, what they found was it was pattern that, that kept the mouse startled enough for the longest period of time was A-A-B-A-A-B-C-A-A, -A 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 -A, or C-B, which is verse, first chorus, verse, first chorus, bridge, oh, wow. chorus. Yeah, we're startled mice. Oh, it's, wow. Yeah, yeah, so th those kind of things. I, I enjoy yeah. Those things. 
That yeah, I well it sounds I don't like, like songs like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's really interesting. I was just, my next question was gonna be, well, does that inform your songwriting at all? But apparently yes. <laughs> yeah. Well I mean there's a reason why we like structure and, and yeah. I use um, a lot of my songs I write in uh cliched structure, um but in that, you know, I want to set up expectation immediately. Oh, I know what this song's about. It's yeah. Born a girl in a bar. And so then if I have set up expectation, I can subvert it immediately. Like mm. I, the quick film analogy is like a movie like Inception, mm-hmm. which, you know, is no deep think piece or anything. But for a lot of people, a movie within a movie within a movie wouldn't be, they'd be like, oh, what is this artsy stuff? But they yeah. said it's a heist flick. They're breaking in to get this information. So you know the heist flick. You know, oh, there's too much security. There's, we've got to do this. And you know the montage. You know the setup, the, the framework so for the heist flick. So you recognize immediately when you're watching it, it's a heist flick. Yeah. And then they can do whatever they want with it. So that's, I like to set up the heist flick. And, yeah. and then do whatever the hell I want with your head. With your head. There is something very freeing about that, right? To not fucking with people's heads necessarily, but just having the structure and then being able to work within that structure. Yeah kind of here's the rules but i can do whatever i want with yeah yeah and then and yeah and it's just using it as a uh as a framework and it's the whole thing you know before you break the rules you have to know them and then if you learn why they work there is a reason why why the things work why a pre-course that's two lines or a pre-course that's three lines works better than four or one you know the three you're expecting a closure all of music all of uh, you know, in a, in a broad view, all of art is tension and release, and so you're expecting even even harmony in music. The five chord wants to go back to the one very bad. Four chord, yeah, it could go the four. There's a tension there. Yeah. And if you know how to delay, you know, or prolong expectation, or how to relieve expectation in the right place before you hit them with something else, you know, it's just a lot of it's intuited. But I, I did I do know music theory from I went to school and stuff, so it doesn't necessarily work in a cerebral way. It's just sort of in there, you know, and uh, I, I intuit a lot of it. And, and I but I do when I hear something that strikes me in music, I go, well, how did that? How did they get me? You know, because I'm hard to get. Yeah. I, you know, and when something moves me, I'm like, sometimes I'm like, I go straight in and put the how did they do that? Why did you know? Why uh. was that the sentiment? Was that a mix of the melody and the sentiment? You know, is it dangerous that they got me is it weak of me to yeah. be got there uh-huh. you know I, I i like listening to songs every song like i wrote it you know as i hear a song i'm like okay i hear i'm just seeing my hand on the page and i'm like oh i wouldn't have went there with that sometimes i'm like oh that's where they blew it they dropped the ball and sometimes i'm like oh that's great and when they, they deviate somewhere then that's that artist's voice you know yeah they, you know what, what about that john like do you have this similar a similar kind of Approach or, because it almost sounds quite like it's hard for you to let. I wasn't go. listening to any of that. <laughs> <laughs> so the answer is no. <laughs> oh, you're just fixated on that little uh, gecko guy there. I try to. I, I try to play the chord that you don't think that you're gonna play. Oh, okay. Yeah, I try to to not play the obvious chord. Yeah, that's it. Mm. Um, Corey, the other day you tweeted. And I try not to play the root note. Uh. You tweeted about, uh, say the other day, I don't remember when it was, but um, you said something to the effect of like, I found more inspiration at the bottom of a coffee cup than at the bottom of a glass or a bottle or something. You remember what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah. Um, and so I wonder like with, 
for for each of you is is there a substance maybe it's caffeine maybe it's shit it could be love or something right it might not necessarily need to be something you drink or or take but is there some sort of something in a process or something that helps you get in that headspace or are you better off fresh in the morning or well yeah for me i'm sorry yeah that statement was just you know just a whatever statement i just i just said that for a lot of my buddies I, i see I've been doing this long enough, so I see the people that subscribe to the tortured artist myth, and I have n- I have no stock in that. You know, yeah. um, it wasn't being literal exactly with the cup of coffee. I just mean just do the work. It's not mm-hmm. um, the work is the inspiration for me. It's like you don't have to crack your heart open like it's a fortune cookie. Mm-hmm. You know, people destroy their lives to get this stuff. You know, people ask me, "How do you write now that you're relatively happy with your family?" I'm like, "Well, happiness is fleeting." Yeah, and I'm terrified for their happiness mm-hmm. and protection and like you know i can it's like it's always under there all of it's it under there and it's more acute yeah it would now that I, i'm not living for myself it's easier once you don't live for yourself things get more clear-cut you know you know it's not the monitors sucking at the club or not a big deal i'm like oh i play this gig and there's food in the fridge done it's clear-cut yeah but um the the, the churn and the emotional stuff it doesn't go away it doesn't and you it you can write from a peaceful place it's 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 all there always yeah. you know the idea of oh you're happy you can't do good work that's that's yeah. just lazy to me it's just it's a silly notion and right. so and i but i see people you know put lay climbing that cross or laying themselves on that altar all the time you see young people and they and they they they're attracted to that part of steve earl's myth mm. and i'm like steve earl does the work yeah. you know i mean he 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 was a mess a lot when he was younger it's like but he luckily got through it he could have not got through it we wouldn't have got the mountain or we wouldn't have got you know <laughs> yeah. some of those records oh what uh, a great record yeah yeah um so i just i don't i think that myth is dangerous um i think obviously things can be created out of that but uh also you know you get to things john can testify like i you know i get these when I'm blasted and drunk, and I got these great ideas, and uh, you know it's great ideas, and the next day you get up and you're like, oh, this, this is what I think is a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Tampa Bloom. <laughs> <laughs> I got a song called Tampa Bloom that I thought was a great idea. <laughs> it seems you still think it's a great idea. It is a good idea. Uh, you, Are you familiar with Tampa Bloom? I am familiar. Yeah, You've see, it people maybe know almost every time I've seen you play. <laughs> Tampa Bloom is the fictitious brother of Orlando Bloom, the lesser successful yet older brother of Tampa Bloom. Uh, not quite as good looking, a little goofier. Uh, yeah, that's it. So why hasn't I still it, think it's going to be a good song? Yeah, I was going to say. Like, I just need it? a bridge. I just need a bridge. Yeah. I'm close. Do you see Corey singing on it at all? Not, any, not anymore. I used to, <laughs> but he's he is such a anti Tampa Bloom. Last he night. is not invited anymore. <laughs> it came up last night. People were talking about Tampa Bloom. They're like, "Oh yeah, it's a good." Idea. He's like, he always brings me down. He's not my good friend. I'm like, no. Right now, in my opinion of Tampa Bloom, I'm your best friend in the world. You need to listen to my opinion of Tampa Bloom. <laughs> Do your other great work, John. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> oh, man. We're coming up against that uh, 
30 minutes, guys, and I really appreciate your time. I'm trying All right. to make sure I asked you everything I wanted to ask Thanks you. Thanks for wanting to talk to us. appreciate it. No, I really appreciate it, guys. This is really cool. Um, I, I, the, I did want to make up my own point about what you said earlier about doing the work because I did have the incredible fortune of meeting Steve Earl recently. And it was the coolest fucking moment. And I don't get starstruck. I get to meet really cool musicians that I, that I talk to all the time. That was the first time I've ever walked up to somebody and been like, fuck, don't fuck this up. Mm-hmm. Don't fuck this up. Handle it. And he was so gracious. Yeah. So he's like that swagger and that bigger than life kind of personality. And I expected him to be kind of like arrogant or something. And he wasn't that way to me at all. He like, he bowed to me and said like, hello. Did and he welcome. bow to you like he, Steven Seagal? He bowed to me. Huh. Yeah. I was Steve never bowed to me. I've done a lot of shows <laughs> with him. I've never gotten to bow. Hey, Steve, I want to bow. <laughs> I was scared to talk to him. Really? Yeah, yeah. Anybody else make you nervous? Um, who else made me nervous? Jay Farrar used to make me nervous. Still does. Yeah. Uh, Bob Mould. Mm. But I've met him many times and still nervous. Who were we talking about the other day? Somebody huge you met. Uh, it was insane. Uh, sorry, wait, was it a musician? Or? Yeah, yeah, like somebody like. It was, was it the Bowie story? No. Oh, uh, Bowie story is not my story. We went into my story with that, but uh, you had somebody like that. Yeah. I don't know. You met Bowie, Corey? I think I met Darth Vader once. It was weird. (laughs) He was kind of, he was pretty cool. You know, he's got a bad rap. You know, I mean, like, there's there's no good guys or bad guys. There's just people that have bad days. He came through in the actually, end. Darth Vader's actually kind of a dick. He's <laughs> a little bit of an asshole. But you know my Spider-Man Wolfman, Thomas uh-huh. Jefferson song? Uh-huh. I mean, that's the idea, is that, because that's what I'm trying to teach my kids to yeah. a little bit. Because, and actually, and I said that, I think I made the Darth Vader joke. And then my son, he wears Darth Vader shit all the time. I'm like, oh, my God, my son is going to be trouble. <laughs> like he's got storm. Hey, you can hang out with my kid. Storm, stormtrooper storm jacket. Shit. Yeah, he's storm. <laughs> yeah, we're all storm. We're all the empire. And I'm like, dude, I'm a rebel. Like, I'm not part of the empire. <laughs> I'm a fucking tauntaun, bro. But do you? Ha- so you just have to let go, right? It's your kid, and you of want course. them to have their own path. And if it's oh, the yeah. dark side, it's the dark side, right? No, right. no I'm gonna let him go. <laughs> let him go I mean, right? in the fictitious <laughs> stories, I guess he can do that. Like. But, you know, it's like my friend uh, Shane Sweeney. You know Shane Sweeney? Uh-huh, yeah. And, uh, oh, I couldn't believe it. I don't I, know Shane personally. I know Micah. I saw this picture. Uh, he's a huge baseball fan. He's a yeah. Cleveland Indians fan. And his son is wearing this New York Yankees hat. And I just know it's killing him. <laughs> and he's like, if that's the worst thing he does. <laughs> you know, because his son, I think his son's, like, uh, T-ball team or something was just called the Yankees. So he just always identified yeah, with that yeah. and liked the symbol, and sure. now he likes the actual Yankees. Oh no! <laughs> Which is like Darth, Darth Vader. Vader. <laughs> <laughs> that was perfect. Thank you guys. <laughs> Sorry, New York. You're not waking up until the moonlight's Corey Brandon and John Snodgrass, such a delight. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Thank you to Corey and John for being so gracious with their time. I love those guys. I love their music. Go and check out all the new stuff from them. Corey has his record, Adios, which has the song Another Nightmare in America that you heard earlier. John has a new effort called The Carpet Thief, a solo effort that you can go check out wherever you get get music. And you can also go to his website, johnsnodgrass.com, and find 
the information there to get physical copies of it straight from the man himself. Check out his music with Drag the River. Check out Scorpios and Armchair Martian. If you like what we're doing here on the show, please go and support us on wherever you consume podcasts. It takes just a couple of seconds to give us a rating. It means a lot to us, and it makes a big difference for us. Um, like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash marinadepodcast. We're at marinadepodcast on Twitter and marinade underscore podcast on Instagram. Again, we greatly appreciate you. Thank you so much for listening. Cheers, y'all. There's no time for what you want. I spend too much time in these homes.